Hey, this is the Breakthrough Podcast. We're chilling out and talking about whatever. I'm Jake, and I'm joined by my two good friends. One of them is Ryan, and one of them is Eric. Eric, however, this episode will be uh, impersonating someone who is silent and invisible. Yeah, you're doing um, great, Eric. No, he's not here, and I can't. If you're watching the, the visual version, you'll notice that we're both looking at no one, and also his shadow is just there, and also so is his cup. It's an interesting Ash- interview. Yeah, well, actually, no. Since he's not here, we got to. Since he's not here, we have to take away his cup of mango nectar that's usually there. I think that's the big. Besides him not being there, that's the other big symbol that he's not actually here. The mango so, yeah, juice. We're gonna we're gonna do an episode without him uh, because he decided to be a cool guy and not join us because he thinks he's better than us. That's probably why. Yeah, freaking freaking jerk. <laughs> why he just he left us. What a guy. So anyway, yeah, so anyway, before we started this podcast, we were talking about various language things, and I was hoping that possibly, if we still have enough fuel in the tank to continue that, that train of thought, how uh, that's that's pretty cool. I think I'm, I'm kind of proud Choo-choo, of that. Choo-choo, brother. Um, so that's, that's a great segue into the fact that we're talking about language, um, because we were just talking about that, but I would... I can't, I'm trying to think of like things in order to continue that conversation. Yeah, I mean, we we're just talking about how uh, languages change over time. I mean, yeah. when English changes, I feel like the official rule of English changes very little, even though people talk differently a whole lot. So if you ha- like actually look up what things are, they're different than what people generally say. Like written language is a written formal English is a pretty different language than what people actually speak, which is fairly unique, I think. Yeah. But then you come onto the conversation of do changes in spoken language are they considered slang or is it or is it just a change to the spoken language and if it is a change to the spoken language that means at some point it could result in a change to the written language as well which happens with things like internet comments and things like that people using the wrong there when they should have used a different there things like that so <laughs> Okay, yeah, well, first of all, would a change to the spoken language be considered slang, or is it a change to English as a whole? I mean, if enough people say it, then the old way is the new slang, right? Just whatever most people don't say is slang now, right? I thought slang was considered some kind of colloquialism of the language, honestly. I I couldn't tell you, it's... I don't even know if slang is a universal thing across different languages. In English, I just interpret it as what most people don't say as a small section of something, you know? Like saying, hey, what's up, is slang. Because not very many people say that. Most people would say, hey, how are you doing? But that's probably slang at some other different point in history. Well, then does that mean that anyone who has a very specific way of speaking, does that become that person's personal slang? Or is that, it yeah, must just much. be the way that someone speaks, right? Well, I think about, I think about old British English, um, traditional, fancy way, was when you're talking to someone, you never ask them a question because you never want to seem like you're prying. So if you're, sa- if you're saying, how are you doing? You say, you look like you're doing well today. You don't actually you don't actually ask a question ever. Is that actually true? From my knowledge, <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't think that's current. I think that's old. I, 
I guess I don't know enough about Old English or Formal English to know much about yeah. it. I spec into different languages. So, so given word, given word derivation of British English is is all of question asking and conversation slang. Uh, but I, but <laughs> questions are such a foundation of the English. It's a foundation of any language. I yeah, can't yeah. imagine it being considered I mean slang to ask a question. It's rude. In conversation, it's rude to pry. Well, okay. Well, is it? Uh, okay. What about a situation where someone seems down? And you say, "Hey, are you okay?" It, it, that sounds a lot better than saying, "Hey, you look pretty terrible right now." You say you seem to be having a rough time. <laughs> you seem to have. That's better. But you know, I you're I supposed think... to very politely <laughs> comment on it, and then they could talk if they want. There's no pressure because a question wasn't asked. Guess. I guess yeah. Then it doesn't. There is no obligation for the other person to answer and talk about what they're talking about. Because then, if someone says that they are, if you ask, "Are you okay?" and then someone doesn't want to talk about it, you're kind of left yeah. at a sort of impasse. You be, yeah, it becomes stop awkward. the conversation. It does. Yeah, you're right. You, you you the person says you seem like you're having a very busy day, and then they're like, "Yeah, I am." You know, but if okay, they want to, if they it's, go on as much, the, I as guess. They want. They can't if they want to, but if you, they don't say anything, that still results in just a an awkward an awkward silence, kind of an awkward situation. Because oh, yeah. now they're like, you say, you say, man, you, you look like you've had a busy day, and they say, yeah, and then you mm. both are left in silence because the other person refused to elaborate. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know how much of it is effective. I'm just saying what I interpret the. Intent. Although that that makes me think that someone. That could be, yeah, they don't want to talk about it because, you know, they don't feel like they want to or they don't want to open up an old wound or something like that. Yeah. But, and, but I guess if in the right context, if it's someone that they trust, they would definitely open up a little bit more and say, like, yeah, you know, I had hmm. to do this thing and then I had to do this other thing. And, you know, you have a conversation and perhaps some amount of cons consolation happens or just someone vents. Because you know, you don't need to console someone if they're down. Sometimes being down, sometimes when someone is down, you just gotta listen to what's keeping them down, and you know, that's sometimes all that someone needs. Yeah. Some people don't get that. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Different language than mine. Different time period than mine. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's see. Um, we were talking about how. Okay, what do you think about the mispronunciation of someone's name then? Mispronunciation of someone's name. Yeah, so like I do, I do think that's something different because that's a proper noun. I think a proper noun you need to adhere to. Okay. Because that is a disservice to a person or a thing. Mm hmm. So, well, what happens when when several factors happen? I might get into a story if we reach this point, but say that a teacher mispronounces a name. Yeah. And the person whose name it is doesn't correct them. And if the person leaves it alone for too long, that becomes the name that they're known by by everyone, say their class, their year, yeah. or everything. So, does that... I mean, that's rough for that person, but the, the way to prevent it is to correct them, unfortunately. It is. Regardless if, if that's on the person not knowing how to pronounce the name or on the person for not correcting them, it's, it's two ways. Yeah. It's not a great situation. 
There are a bunch of factors that can go into this that I think about, besides those things. I mean, I've already said a bunch of factors, but there are also more factors than those previous factors that I mentioned. Yes, there's, well, the thing is, is that, you know, a situation and the way that a situation ends up transpiring can be the result of many different factors going a very specific way. Um, because, you know, there's always the reason why they don't, the, the person doesn't correct anyone. Say they have a really, say they have a foreign name. Yeah. Because, you know, we have a lot of international students or people or people who immigrate into the U.S. and they go to school here and they have a name that is not the typical, a typical Western English name, right? Yeah. Um, and so they come in and, you know, they get their name mispronounced or, or it, there's also, there's a bunch of people who are like that. I remember, uh, meeting or hearing their name or the name they're listed on the register as. And, you know, people, some people will be like, you know, they say, you hear some foreign name, and then they say, oh, wait, no, I go by Edmund, and, or, or some, some name, you're like, okay, so you're Edmund. That's, yeah. that's an easy one, because now people know, because when you speak up, you're like, that's the name that's on my register, but I am typically known as Edmund, Joey, yeah, if, if I don't know. Yeah, the person wants to correct it into a more common name, that's, that's on them. Yeah. I, any... I guess to me is it's it's one hundred percent the the owner of the name's will should be mm-hmm. the biggest consideration. Yeah, but what if what if someone's will is deteriorated, is where they don't even they don't even bother because they think it's a lost cause. Well, and that's a cow bummer, dude. That's a. It, <laughs> I was about to say that is a cow bummer, dude. It is <laughs> kind much. of unfortunate because you know. Then that it on it. I had a friend like this in high school. I guess we're getting into story time. We hit it, and also I just wanted to talk about this. Uh oh, Ryan's a child again. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I am a. I was a child. Okay, so back to. I uh, was never a child. Harkening back to my to my moody high school days, as I was, as you know from previous episode, I was an edgy goth kid, but I didn't look it. I just was it on the inside, and I was consumed by darkness. Rock on, feed off the darkness. Yeah, um, however, even though I was consumed by the darkness, I was still empathetic and sympathetic towards other people for various situations. One of those being that, um, so I went to, there was a kid, a kid, there was a guy in my, in one of my classes, and he ended up being also in my I guess you would kind of call it a homeroom kind of class, the advisory classes that we had in high school. I'm not sure if you had an advisory class like we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that we had like a homeroom-esque kind of thing. You're talking about elementary school, right? No, high school. High school? No, I, didn't have, I actually didn't have a homeroom in high school. What about an advisory class or something? Advocacy? Anything no, of that I, sort? I, English math. Oh, okay. What are you on about? I, this is interesting. <laughs> okay, well, I guess in order to preface this, because I'm not, because I guess you didn't have this similar thing. This is a thing in high schools, is it, having a homeroom. It's it's the that's the closest thing that I can that I can liken it to. I I had a freshman class that was like, but it was more about life skills, right? It was like about learning how to fill out taxes and. Using like measuring implements and stuff like that. I don't even know if that was something we did in that class. I'm not, I'm not I, I don't so know what advisory was for. A whole for. Semester? It was some. No, we had it for all four years. 
all four years? Yeah, what no, did it, you even do? It, it was all four years, and I believe on Thursdays, after first period, we all went to this classroom. All to a specific classroom, and everyone in there kind of, you know, we got to know each other. The other thing is that these advisory homeroom-esque classes were most likely organized in a way where people, or you would meet people who are also in other classes that you would also take. Um, me being in STEM green, I don't exactly remember what green stands for, but STEM is green. kind of self-explanatory. Um, I'm pretty sure green my was some... My favorite color. Nice. I would, it's my favorite color, but that it was also an acronym for some program that was being run at our school concurrently with STEM. I think it had something to do with engineering for the sake of... Uh, for the sake of some kind of green um, purpose, uh, some kind of target purpose of, you know, going into green engineering or green, some kind of green job. <laughs> Good, real engineering ending never Fine. more. There we I go. Will, I will look this for. up. Well, I have to keep everything in mind. Okay, green program. Green. Okay, let me see. What is it? Green uh, academic program? Is that what I need to find? University partners green. I'm just... Uh, was your whole was your whole high school career a hoax? Is this a real, <laughs> real organization? Okay, let me just put it this way. I'm pretty sure the people who were in my advisory class were not in the green program. They were most likely in STEM. <laughs> but right. STEM, STEM and green were very, very much hand-in-hand -hand related to each other, kind yeah, of yeah. interconnected. Um, because they're both engineering, mathematics, technology, science major, or science programs. Kind of like being pre-med, except you're pre-a bunch of these things, possibly. Yeah. And so, everyone in my advisor class was of those classes, and a lot of the time what would happen is, a lot of the people who were in my other classes were the same people who were in my advisory, because that's just how things work out. We're all part of like a certain subset of the student body and so we're all just kind of thrown into the same classes the same core yeah. classes i suppose and so that's what happened and in one of and so you know we had a bunch of those people in those classes alongside uh all the so we had a bunch of classes through high school with those same people and you know when you have those kind of people you have a very much a a sort of bond with them. You, de Of course, because you're in a lot of the same classes together, you get to talking with each other, you befriend each other, and, you know, it's only striking by the fact that you see each other every single day. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, you formulate bonds. I yeah, guess. and some boy and, and some kid had a cow a bummer because their real name was no longer their real name. Yes, yeah, so back to that part of the story. Um, so one of the kids I ended up becoming really good friends with, he was originally, he came, he immigrated here from China. Um, and so when it came to, you know, the out, the first day roll call where they call out everyone's names, yeah. um, him being from China, he doesn't exact, he's not from the part of China that has the, um, we also give you a Western name because that's just the kind of the convention that they have. It's it's a it's if to my knowledge, it's mainly a Hong Kong thing because Hong Kong, having been uh, a English colony in the past, it has a lot of Western influences in it, and one of those being that a lot of people have both a Chinese name and a Western name. He wasn't yeah. from those parts; he was from somewhere else. And also, usually the people from Hong Kong have Cantonese names. He was Mandarin. 
he spoke Mandarin, and most likely his name was also in Mandarin. And so, okay. when it came to, um, when it came to the roll call for the first day, of course you go through all the names, and then you hit this name, and the teacher doesn't know how to pronounce it because it's not a name that that they're familiar with. Yeah. Because you I mean understandably, I guess. So you know. This is this is going to lead into another thing that I'm kind of curious about as to why this is. So the person tries to sound out the name, and this also, this Fails honestly miserably. this honestly goes into a tangent. No, well, the thing is, is that he made one attempt, and then the guy kind of just knew that they were he was they were trying to pronounce his name. Yeah, and so they they did it. Um, it, this is going to lead me into another tangent about, like, why is it when people sound out names or words, they don't try to do it as the way that the letters are spelled and configured? They try to reconfigure and change the order of letters to get something that they can pronounce, and that becomes so weird to me. I, I, I can speak from experience that that's generally not intentional. You, you just get lost in it. I do that with English words. Mm-hmm. Where if it's an English word that I completely have no idea what it is, and it's long, in my mind, I literally can't visualize the whole thing as, like, one succinct sound. So I have to separate it into sounds, and then it's a multi-step process, and I usually fuck one of them up. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I say it, I remember, connected, what I said. So then it's hard to unstick that. Yeah. Like, like as a kid, and probably as a young teenager... I, I had an inability pr- to pronounce the word cinnamon, because mm-hmm. because looking at the letters, it's a much more daunting task than it really is, you know? <laughs> I realize while thinking about this story that it might have been a good idea to have Eric here, considering he's more experienced in Mandarin Chinese than I am, and I... <laughs> Um, he's much more experienced. He can actually read the damn language. I ha- essentially operate completely off of pinyin phonetic or romanized spellings to know what things, yeah. how things are re- supposed to kind of sound like. Um, you slowly encroach on what it really is. You can, you can thank Dynasty Warriors for that because wow. that is, hey, that is how I learned a lot of different ways. That's how I learned how to pronounce most can't Chinese believe my good friend Ryan syllables. speaks exclusively in Dynasty Warriors. It's technically it's not just Dynasty Warriors. Those they try really hard. I mean, I will post a certain number of games. They tried really hard to make sure that the pronunciations were somewhat accurate. Um, this is Sometimes. to say that the kid in my class, and I think it's fine to send his name because you know how the hell are you going to be able to spell it? Uh, also, if high school people are watching, they're probably going to feel bad because they're going to, or they might not feel bad at all because they're going to realize they mispronounced this guy's name all completely incorrectly all throughout high school. So, um, the kid, the so the guy, the guy, the teacher, <laughs> the teacher says the name Zenzao. Yeah, and so that is what my friend was known. That is the name that my friend went by. Through all of high school for four years, he was because that guy mispronounced it as Zenzel. No one knew he mispronounced it though. I didn't even know he mispronounced it. In my mind, I thought his name was was I kind of like kind of a thought like maybe if I was to take them if it was mispronounced if I was to take into account the fact that it was probably mispronounced, I can think of a Romanized spelling that would probably result in that. I came to the conclusion of. 
at the conclusion of Z-H-E-N-Z-H-A-O. Zen Zhao. Or, if you were to say it in a more <laughs> Dynasty Warriors accurate tone, Zen Zhao or Zhen Zhao. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> I don't know what when I saw his name on the register finally, but I remember getting really mad when I realized that everyone had been pronouncing his name wrong and yeah. he had done nothing to correct anyone. <laughs> um, Maybe he just thinks it's funny as shit. I don't think he thought it was funny. I think he yeah. just thought it was a lost cause. I was like, it's there's no point. People aren't going to be able to get it. It's too difficult for them. Yeah, I I, I couldn't. This is an unrelatable point for me. I mean, my name's Jacob. Yeah. That's literally the most common male name in America for my several surrounding years of birth. Um, but um, I, I imagine that going into, like, because, like, each year of, ele of elementary school, going into middle school, each different class of middle school, going into high school, each class of high school... It's probably a, a non-trivial affair every time. Maybe at a certain point you just don't give a shit. And maybe the, the person just thought like, oh, it's just this one class, I don't give a shit. But then it just somehow turned into every single class. The, that's the thing, though. I don't, think it, I don't think it was something like that. I don't think it was like, I don't give a shit, I'm not going to see these people all the time. It was more like he knew that it was most likely moot to eat, to try to pursue... The pronunciation, the correct pronunciation of his last name, of his name, any further, because you know how are you going to get people to speak in a language or speak somewhat closely to a language that they've never experienced, right? And of yeah, course, me is, being it the is outlier, a bit, of a, a bit of a thing. Yeah. So once I saw the actual spelling of his name, the actual spelling of his name. So keep in mind the fact that every, all throughout his high school career, I don't even remember when I found out. It must have been early. I want to say the second or third year of high school. Um, I finally, for some reason, got a hold of the class list, and I looked for his, and I found his name, because, you know, it stands out. It's got two Zs in it, for crying yeah. out loud. And I saw it, and I thought, wait a minute, his name isn't Zen Zhao. That's not even close to what, how his name is supposed to be pronounced. It's supposed to be Zunzuo, <laughs> or something close to that. And he had never corrected anyone, and he, I remember when I started calling him that, he kind of pulled me aside, or we started talking about, like, he says, like, you know, you're the only person in this entire club, and you're the only person in this entire school that says my name correctly. And, you know, because, you know, I want to make an effort, because, you know, people deserve to be yeah. called, people deserve to be called by the name that they are supposed to be called by, the way it's supposed to be pronounced, because then, I don't know, it might not be a crazy thing to some people, but if your name is mispronounced, you kind of feel like you lose a bit of yourself if that mispronunciation sort of, uh, I don't know, chain reactions itself. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I, I guess, okay, going back to the fact that, you know, you have a, you have a decently easy-to-pronounce common name, your name is Jacob. Um, yeah. and so, but, you know, all throughout, at least like elementary school, it kind of, it kind of subsided once I went into secondary education. But when I was in, in elementary school, my last name is Santiago, right? Yeah. A lot of kids thought that my last name was pronounced San Diego. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
and me. Where in the world is Ryan San Diego? No, that is not my name, although it is a much better name than whatever Phantom Thief name we came up for Eric that one episode that no one saw. But, um, yeah, I am, people thought my last name was, no. excuse me. People thought my last name was San Diego, and of course me having a lot of pride in my name being pronounced correctly. This isn't a jab at my friend Zinzel, because, you know, he, it's not like he had no pride. He was a very, but I'm just saying that me specifically, I wanted to act on it. I didn't think it was a lost cause, so I just went out and started saying whenever someone pronounced my name incorrectly, I said, it's not San Diego, it's Santiago. And they're like, okay. And, you know, I mean, I don't know exactly what the reaction was to me correcting people. I think they probably just respected, you know, oh, I'm sorry I said your name incorrectly, but also their kids, so I can imagine them just being like, no, you're San Diego, freaking yeah, got him, dumb like, <laughs> like, something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard for the person whose name is being mispronounced, and there's, there's a certain amount of it, like, um, there's definitely personalities of people that have a way harder time speaking up about this sort of thing. And even if you, like, privately address the teacher of it, that's still you talking to someone who has authority over you. And then if they use that authority to distribute it between the class, it still is a lot of attention brought upon yourself, which is yeah. something that a lot of people, not even in the context of just school and everyday life, that's more attention than some personalities are comfortable with. So, so it can be a pretty challenging thing to get over. And, and you needed a combination of things. Like, you needed you, who happened to see it written in the registry, and had enough knowledge in the language to even, like, begin to think that that's a mispronunciation. Yeah. It's really hard when you have no knowledge of the language, and you only hear a person of authority say it a certain way, and then no correction happens. <sighs> so, so it's an unfortunate combination of things. It is. And I'm just... Honestly, I feel bad, but I don't know. I, I tried my best. I did it the way that I wanted to do, and I think I made him somewhat happy with the fact that I was able to do it. I'm pretty sure I also told him as well that the reason why I knew how to pronounce his name kind of correctly is because I had played Dynasty Warriors. And then <laughs> I introduced him to Dynasty Warriors, and he loved it. <laughs> Dynasty Warriors. It's, it's, a, it's a great series. I'm a fan of it. It's a great se I love it. Well, not the recent ones. Eight, oh, not eight. Nine is kind of terrible. But you know what? As a whole, I like just Three Kingdom stuff. And, the, you know, Dynasty Warriors is the reason that I got into Three Kingdom stuff. And maybe this anime that, that Eric posted will do that, too. Even though Eric is not here, his, his actions have ripple, ripple through the podcast. It's going forward when he did it through, off. yeah. yeah. Why the... I don't understand why this exists, but apparently there is an anime about Juga Liang, or Juga Kong Ming, as he's, his style name is Kong Ming. But Juga Liang, it's ju I don't understand what the point of this anime is. It's just Juga Liang, except he's in... He's in modern-day Tokyo. He just got isekai dude. That's so stupid. <laughs> got run over by a historically accurate truck. <laughs> I don't. On his deathbed, he oh so oh this is, he dies nor he dies like his normal life in in the Three Kingdoms period, and then he was sent straight to modern day Tokyo. That's that's real dumb. Why? I mean, I can't. I haven't watched it, but I can just imagine that I'm not going. You to You already like know it. it's dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. I don't know. I'm Damn. not going to watch it. 
There was some other anime that I definitely watched. Well, I guess we're going to steer away from the language thing. But you know what? It's fine. We segued into this other thing, and we talked about the other thing for, like, at least yeah, 20 minutes. talk about whatever the hell you want, man. Yeah, that's what this podcast is all about. Break time, we just talk about what we want, because we can do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not exactly an, a recent series. Although I'm interested in one that has surface and the first episode came out recently called spy family spy family i've heard people talk about that one i haven't seen anything about it apparently the manga a lot of people like the manga and people are saying that oh my god these voice actors are perfect i can't believe how perfect it is and of course i'm not going to the sub or the dubs uh i'm pretty sure the the sub the japanese yeah um yeah that one looks really good i think it i think it's a combination of it's some kind. I think it's supposed to be it's some like kind a of comedy. comedy. Right? It's I think it's supposed to be a comedy, um, because the 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 premise of the show is that there is some some spy. He's known by his code name Twilight. Oh yeah, Twilight and, in the house. Oh, and, literally in the house. Yeah, and I, he's doing some kind of espionage mission. There's like two different countries, and he's supposed to go into the other one and do some kind of espionage mission in which he's supposed to either get information or assassinate some high-ranking official of the country that his that his country opposes. But the only way to do that is to enroll a child at the same private school as his target's child and get in through there. But in order to do that, the school requires that the the school requires that the both parents both parents be present at the enrollment or something. But the thing is that he works alone, so he has to find someone to be his wife, and he has to find a dog, a child. And so that comprises your main cast. He <laughs> is a spy, and his... And the acquired family. His his acquired family, yes. His, his wife, unbeknownst to him, is an assassin. <laughs> Damn. I'm not entirely sure who's, which side the assassin's on. Um, and also they find a daughter who is, an, who is in an orphanage, and... It turns out that the child was apparently some kind of science experiment and has the ability to read minds. <laughs> cool. So I think the comedy ensues because both... Because the, the child knows that both... Neither... None of the parent... Neither of the quote-unquote parents know that the child, her name is Anya, can read minds. And so the child knows everything that's going on. The child knows that their adoptive knows that her adoptive dad is a spy and knows that her adoptive mother is an assassin, and I think that's where the hilarity ensues. That's pretty good. Yeah, so that one that seems interesting. And because I had been watching clips of trailers for that series, I found a clip for another anime series that I watched to completion since last podcast because i liked it so much and i can't believe there isn't more but also it came out five years ago or six years ago coming on to six years um it's called amama twinazuma or sweetness and lightning and that one was really good i really liked it i haven't even heard of that one it's it's the it's a it's a good one i recommend it it's about a it's about an ordinary school teacher who has a three-year-old daughter and he and prior to the story, six months prior to the beginning of the series, his wife dies, 
And so, um, oh, I looked it up. I've seen, I've seen the screenshots and yeah. stuff from this. Uh, his child, his daughter, um, his daughter uh, Tsumugi is very, very adorable, and also she's what I can think of as the best representation of how a child would actually act in all of anime. <laughs> That's one thing that, no offense to the medium. But I don't feel like anime usually writes people that actually remind me in any way of actual people. Yeah, that's that's kind of the joke that a lot of people have. There's there's some there's some various YouTube videos of like real life versus anime, and the and I didn't really like. There was like one video by these two guys that did a a real life interaction of like a normal person versus an anime person. And it usually just ended up that the person who was the anime person was the edgy loner type, and that's not what I expected it to be. I, I don't even I don't even mean that. I mean that in a, I have a similar gripe with like Hollywood movies is is no one speaks or thinks like people. Mm-hmm. It, it's like how do I put it? It's like someone sits down at a dinner table and and like there's a conversation with a family, and it's like that that is not. Not how people talk. I, there are some that are kind of... Yeah, I mean, there's like exceptions that. to it, but a lot of them are really, really not. Yeah. Especially yeah. older ones. Mm-hmm. Because you gotta, you gotta create the, 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 the good American family unit, I think, is a big part of a lot of those media, is that you have to have the perfect family. The dad works, the mom stays mm. home and cooks, and she's submissive to a certain degree although however when it comes to rearing the children she's not afraid to put her foot down and the kids are yeah. rowdy one of them is smart the other one is an idiot and True. they <laughs> and i the mean one... you even think about like these these adult comedies that are like harkened for how real and like just how they're just people you know like and, a family and every sitcom? one of these friendships is like a group of three people one of them is the cool person who does whatever, and one person is the one who is weird, and then there's two other people who do nothing but make fun of the weird one, and then there's, like, <laughs> awkward occasional laughs, and it's like, what is this? Yeah, that's... This isn't how a group of people works. Well, argument. First of all, I think that it's the easiest and it's the best dynamic to have three people in a conversation or in a friend group in any given time. It's a good dynamic so that it, the conversation isn't just between two people, so that everyone can kind of chime in on it. Uh, you might notice that that's kind of like why there are three people, usually, on this podcast, because, you know, I think that all of us together create a certain dynamic, and it's definitely, I don't know if we fill those character roles of the thing, but we seem pretty close. But I think it has something to do with it being, it's easy to write Two people, two person interactions or three person interactions, I th yeah. think is how it goes. Because if you go any higher than that, then suddenly it's not a single conversation happening; it's two different conversations happening more often than not. Or that's how it would seem to be in the real world. Like, yeah. imagine if we had four people on here; that would get kind of. I think that would get kind of hectic and crazy. That'd be great. <laughs> I don't know if I would like that because I think you know, you know what? I have a really hard time when you and when you and Eric just are talking at the same time because I can't hear either of you, and I'm pretty sure that neither of you hear the other person. Oh yeah. <laughs> so if you have a fight for screen time, if you had a fourth person also doing that, the entire thing would be completely illegible. We would not be able to hear what anyone is saying at all. No, that just means that there's a. 
There's a re-listen value. I guess. Listening to it several times. The first listen, you listen to everything Eric says. Then the second time you listen, you listen to everything I say. It's like two podcasts in one. No, it's not. That's just a greater experience. Is it really? <laughs> it just means that we can't hear each other, but that's the nature of it doing of doing it remotely. But you know, we can't really help that. Yeah. But go. So wait, the family sitcom. The the friends are usually like, yeah, the, the guy. Like I don't know, the dad has his two friends or something. Yeah, it's like how do I put it? A a, a lot of. A lot of sitcoms, the entire basis of their plot or their comedy or their drama or whatever, are on the people and the relationships between the people. But then I look at the people and it's entirely just like, it is that character. There's so few bullet points to that character, you know? And, and, then it's, and then a lot of these shows boil down to the exact same thing because almost all the characters are the same to all the other characters in a different sitcom. It's like half the characters are just compromised as one of one-liners, you know. Yeah, they need to. The, there's a. It's like there's two interesting characters in in everything. Like I think about um. There's a there's a sitcom that I remember watching some of years ago. That was uh, How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. And there's like the whole basis of the show is it's like a dude who dicks around in everyday life. Yeah. And uh, he tries to pick up a girl repeatedly. And then yeah, at the end Barney? of every episode, there's a different thing. Barney that is Stinson? how he succeeds. No, the main character. Oh, you're talking about Ted. And, okay. and then the moral of the story is like, and that's how I met your mother. Because the random girl that he tried to pick up, and I think her name was Robin, always eventually goes for him. And that's, and that's how they met. It's like different versions of the fiction. That is not how this, the end of the show goes. Spoilers. Robin yeah, is but not I mean the each mother. individual episode. Yeah, but I don't think he ends every episode with saying it. That's a how lot of them. A lot of them do. I don't believe that's correct. Am I totally wrong? I'm pretty well, sure. Way, from my from my surface <laughs> level knowledge, apparently of the show, like there's there's one guy Barney. Yes. It's like every time there's a weird thing that happens in the episode, it's him doing it. It's like he's the character that gets multiple bullet points. Yeah. His, of course, his bullet points range into the cartoony yeah it, it it's like you have primarily a bunch of adults who are doing nothing but but filling the screen occasionally making fun of each other and doing nothing or just talking about where the plot's going and then you have barney who's just like an actual flintstones character who's just in the show occasionally or occasionally is the entire episode. It's so he weird. does. I think he has the most depth, kind of. Yeah, he has of. the most depth just because it's like, I, I feel like they, they actually made him a character. Hmm. It's weird. Yeah, that tends to happen. But I guess what happens is there's a bunch of things that that could possibly result in that. It's either that a character becomes really popular, so they want to give that character more stuff. That could be a bad thing, though, if it ends up ruining the character. But if you're yeah. if you're good with it, usually the characters that become the most popular are the ones that get more screen time because you want to you want to see them yeah. more, so they get to do more stuff. Um, the other thing is that 
the re- I feel like the reason why he's so stand out is because he is grounded by the other characters who are kind of more grounded in reality versus Barney yeah. Stinson. Because it's like there's this episode, there's like episodes <laughs> where like three of the friends are hanging out at a bar and they're talking about like how work was really annoying and how their boss was a dick. And then the the moral of the, like this little mini story that's happening is, well, maybe you should have a conversation with their boss today. The conversation, it goes badly. It's funny. Boss, bad guy. And then, like, during this episode, one of them comments, where's Barney? And then he's just doing a marathon. And then it's, like, about that. It's like, what is this? <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, yeah, that is true. That is what happens, because I th- there's something about that kind of format where, you know, everyone is kind of doing... I think it's cool because, I guess, in a way, everyone's doing their own thing. You, mm-hmm. that's, I think in later seasons, I'm not entirely sure, because it's been so long since I've seen How I Met Your Mother... But when, like, uh, Marshall and Lily and Robin and Ted are all doing their own thing, uh, you get this kind... It's a cool little dichotomy of, like, oh, yeah, these are all people just living their life separate from each other. Like, they're friends, but they don't spend every waking moment with each other, which I think is interesting. And the fact that, of course, like, what happens is the... A lot of the things that Barney does is in response to something that someone else says, hence why one of his catchphrases is challenge accepted. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it, it's kind of that's kind of an interesting thing about the show is where they're all living their own life, they all do their own thing, and then in some in some cases, in in some occurrences, their lives intersect, and they're the things that one person says or the things that yeah. they do in their own life impact the things that the other people are doing, and that's why I kind of think it's a decent show. Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying this not not to give the impression that I think it's a bad show. It it's just the the characters in it really really are not people. Not really. And and it's 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 fine, but I think it's very interesting when I get the impression that characters in a show actually are human like. <laughs> but that's what you that feels like what every character in a sitcom or any sort of media should attempt to or should strive for, right? is being as believable as possible to be convinced that this person, this character is a real person. And some, some, some are just better at it than others, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know because there's a lot of entertaining shows where, where none of them are at all like people, but I think very few shows have any characters or max, excuse me, maximum one character. That's like a person. Mm hmm. And I, it's, it, it makes it hard for me to think about a piece of media for a long amount of time after watching it if none of them were people. Like, I enjoyed my time watching How I Met Your Mother, but half of the characters are just, like, weird one-liner comeback machines. Which, when watching the show, is interesting. But I can only think of, like, actual bullet points that the characters are instead of, like, a real personality. Yeah, they're more of a culmination of their gags versus a a culmination of the various characteristics that they have expressed. I, yeah, I totally get that. Going on to something that's kind of similar, have you seen the trailer for How I Met Your Father? (laughs) No, I, I didn't even know that existed. It, it... Look, I just watched the trailer for it because I was curious. It does not seem good at all. <laughs> I heard there was a couple rumors that I 
heard about the show where it took literal ye- it took almost I want I don't know I don't know I want to say it took a decade for the show to get greenlit and that immediately is a red flag. <laughs> also, the trailer it also felt like it, in the trailer that it was supposed to be just a a giant compilation of a bunch of millennial jokes or something like that. Um, the online dating aspect and being on Tinder was a very weird thing that I definitely cringed at, and I didn't, I did not like how it was going at all. It definitely felt bad. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. It, it wasn't, I don't think. I don't even remember what the, what the number, what the, I don't even remember exactly what was in there, but I just remember not liking it. (laughs) It was just so weird to me yeah as i think about comedies where i actually like and occasionally think about the characters like uh futurama comes to mind because while there are many characters who are nothing but a gag there's several of them which have enough defining moments that they almost feel like a person of course the the show's primarily episodic so a lot of it is just wiped every time it's a similar situation to, like, Rick and Morty, I suppose, where for the vast majority of the time, the characters are completely not characters, but there's the occasional episode that breathes humanity into them, and you, like, remember it. Yeah. And is that the reason why people are kind of I think all... that's the reason why people love um, Rick and Morty, is they, because they come for the edgy humor and how the voice acting is very good. They mm-hmm. They speak in an entertaining way. Um... And then, like, there's the occasional very serious, down-to-earth, humanity-esque episode that, while since it's episodic, absolutely none of it is, like, it's all wiped at the end of the episode, you know? Yeah. So there's no ramifications for, like, a character dying or going through depression or anything like that. And I think that's the strength of episodic shows, is they can do a very heavy topic that ends in a very serious way. But then the next episode just goes back to being a light-hearted comedy. So it's up for debate if that even made the character more of a character. It's more like here's a hypothetical situation that this person could have gone through to show more depth than they otherwise could, which is very interesting. That makes me think of it as just, oh yeah, here's like, like this moment is what I, I guess, you know, a character's personality or whatever troubles they're battling with can be made up of just moments in which they just show it. And that is a valid way of representing a character's innermost thoughts yeah, because their, if you think about troubles. it an episodic show is, is more about the characters than the plot that's just all it is yeah that's how a lot of i want i want to say that that's how i prefer a lot of my entertaining or my a lot of my episodic no not episodic but more character centric oh rather character than rather than plot driven yeah character driven rather than plot driven there, um, of course, I think having an overarching plot is also pretty good. I just I don't think, think the overarching it should be the main plot focus. has advantages and disadvantages. I think, I think something episodic is brilliantly designed for the TV audience because you get about as much enjoyment if you watch only completely random episodes. But if you go through, like as a decision, wanting to watch all of the shows in order, then it has a worse effect in a lot of cases. Some of them hold up for sure. Like I think about um, what what's what's the show uh Space Cowboy the anime? It's Cowboy Bebop. Wait, Space Dandy. Sorry. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, Space Dandy. I guess Bebop is kind of similar. Though it's I like Bebop, Though I like Bebop a lot less. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, is this a hot take? Anyway, continue. <laughs> oh, is not thinking Bebop is the best thing in the world a hot take? Uh, I think so. I honestly, I, I've been interested in watching it. I haven't though. I watched like one episode and I kind of just didn't anymore because I just felt like doing something else. Oh yeah. I'm sure it's good, but I just haven't you yeah, know, um, but, gotten to but it. But like with, with Space Dandy... It's like this weird, almost psychedelic uh, sci-fi theme. Bunch of different episodes. They get random animators to do different episodes, so all of them feel pretty different. Mm-hmm. And there's all these extreme situations. Like there's, you know, there's one episode with this giant intergalactic, you know, race for a billion dollars, and it's showing characters sacrificing friends and making tough decisions about how much they care about the race for the infinity amount of money. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, in the end, sacrifice everything and win, but then they're depressed. But it's episodic, so it doesn't matter, you know? Oh, it's a very yeah. interesting... It's a very interesting what would the character do for a reward of infinity, you know? Yeah. Um, that, that's that's a good example of what I think of with that, is you could have an extreme situation. I think it lends itself to sci-fi, because you could feasibly do something ridiculous and extreme. That's another th- point of contention, I think, though, is that if the things that a person has done in previous episodes don't carry over to future episodes, it feels it. that's when episodic kind of breaks down. Mm-hmm. Because suddenly the character isn't learning anything, and they're just being put in situations, as yeah. opposed to their past actions or the things or their past experiences impact what they yeah, there's experience like no or do in the future. That's the hard part is you need a very interesting character to begin with because if there's absolutely no character development, the character unit needs to begin interesting. Yeah. And, and that's to say, like, you know, if the pre- if previous episodes in which, oh, if you to take this example, I haven't watched Space Dandy either, but say that this person's decisions impact the way that other characters look at them but then suddenly it's completely absolved because the next episode has nothing, has no yeah. ramification, or experiences no ramifications due to the content of the previous episode, then I think it kind of breaks down. You think it breaks down? Yeah, because I, even though it's an, even though it has an episodic nature, there should still be some amount of the characters, if, well, if that's some the point continuity. of it. Some continuity, some amount of the characters are learning from the things they previously did, yeah. so that that stuff doesn't happen again, I think is very, very yeah. I, good. I don't know, I think, I think there's occasional continuity, but occasional non-continuity. I don't know, it's, I'd have to rewatch it to actually analyze what, what actually consists or persists between episodes. That's, um, alright, here's my atomic take. We were talking about a Cowboy Bebop, right? It was, um, I think Cowboy Bebop, the episodic show, as a whole, is not very good. Okay. Um, I think it looks very good. Mm -hmm. I think it touches on very mature themes that very few shows ever talk about or go to. Okay. It has very good music. But there's, like, four interesting episodes, and it's a full season. Because it's like a very serious plot. It seems very character-driven. But then almost every episode is the gang drops by on a city. They go, we're out of money. And then they go through a city. And then they try to steal something. They get caught. They lose all of their money. And then they, uh, you know, hear about a crime. They're bounty hunters. They catch the criminal. They turn him in. They get a money pouch. They go back to the ship. They open the money pouch. 
there's no money. Damn, we're depressed. And then the episode ends. <laughs> and that's like most of the episodes. The thing is, is that I am not the person, I cannot say anything one yeah. way or the other. I have not watched the entire series. Yeah, I, but... my, my atomic take is the episodic series is not very good, mm-hmm. but I think the movie is very good. Okay. It, it's weird, because you watch the episodic show and there's like, there's four very good episodes that convince you the whole thing is very good. Mm-hmm. And the music is very good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't love it. I see. I realized that I was talking about Amama Tuinazuma, and I didn't say anything about it. But I feel like we're also we're already so far along that you know bringing it up is just kind of going to put a wrench in whatever flow we have. And I've already done it, so this is kind of bad. I can't believe my man just threw a wrench in the conversation. Well, I don't know. We're talking about anime. Maybe we can harken back to it. No, I'm not I mean, a person who can really say anything about Cowboy Bebop. I guess I'll have to make the judgment for myself whenever I eventually get around to watching it. I think it's worth watching, just mm-hmm. off of its historical value. Okay. I will keep that in mind. But yeah, um, I guess we'll talk about... The show that I watched and liked that came out five yeah, years kid. ago. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We were talking about like the representation of characters, and that's how we got off of that. Yeah. So anyway, Amama um, Tuinazuma is about a is about a widower father and his three year old daughter, and in the wake of his wife's sudden death due to an unknown illness, um, he's a he's a school teacher, and I think one of the big uh, plot points is that his he he can't exactly cook, and so he's his his daughter for the last six months presumably has been surviving off of convenience store bento. No, and you know she seems to be not getting a whole lot of she seems to not be enjoying it a whole lot. And um, as an idea, of course, he's trying to make his daughter happy. You know. As as a dad probably should try to do for their kid, um, he eventually tries to take up the basics of cooking in order to make home cooked meals for his daughter, and it becomes an entire plot. And that's what every single episode is about: is about he meets this girl who goes to his high school to who goes to the high school he teaches at. She's in the say she's in the class that he teaches, um, and. They try to set up a thing, and there's an entire point about him trying to make sure it's not seen as something improper. He definitely tries to schedule and put down a couple ground rules, and so that it's not some weird, suspicious thing. He 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 definitely, um, what's the word? He makes it very obvious that he does. He wants it to make sure that nothing is misconstrued, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so you know, he goes to the he goes to learn how to cook from so the oh, let's see the daughter doesn't know how to cook but her mother his her mother is some celebrity chef who is hardly home because she's very busy being a celebrity chef <laughs> and so is, she essentially writes down recipes for them to make every time they do this gathering thing and of course his daughter is there because you know she's supposed to be the person that he's cooking for so why wouldn't she be there to eat yeah. some of the food and so it's a very adorable series. It's a very heart. It's a very heartwarming series about 
you know, a dad just trying to be good, just trying to be a good dad to his child and learning how to cook. And also there's an adorable kid who actually acts like a real normal kid. <laughs> real kid goes, mm, yummy food. Mm, yummy food. She, food. It's great. She's so, she's irrational, just like a kid would be. She throws tantrums. Um, it's, it's such a, I don't really feels like a kid. It does. And I don't understand, I mean, I guess it's there's a couple reasons why, because then you have... Most their, kids are annoying. Yeah, they are. And even though she has her adorable moments, there are also times when she's like, God, she's just such a little shit. But that's how a kid is sometimes. Yeah. And it's it's great. I, I enjoyed watching that series so much, and it was very heartwarming, and, you know, I liked the relationship that this dad has with his daughter. It's mm-hmm. it's so good, and I can't believe there isn't a second season of it five years later. <laughs> yeah, maybe you just need to read it. I don't know. If there is so. more, I don't know. There is more. Apparently, people have been talking about the ending of it, and the ending is the is the daughter going off to call uh, is is uh the dad seeing his daughter off to college. Oh, that's and, nice. Yeah, and you know, it seems it was so good, and I loved it. It was. Such a wonderful series, and you know, of course, I don't know what it, I don't know how to describe, it, but it was it was just nice, and I'm and I'm really glad that there weren't any romantic undertones between any characters. Yeah, that's nice. Because you I know, think it's good be when it, when a show that has no no seeming original intent to be romantic, yeah, suddenly becoming a romance is kind of strange. That's that's something that has happened in a lot of shows that I just don't like, is when characters are suddenly into each other. Yeah. Um, it feels like it just comes out of nowhere, where you're like, wait a minute, they were just being friendly with each other. What the heck is up with this? Suddenly, I'm just like, madly shit, in love man, with I you. I thought there really could just be a male and a female lead that didn't end up in a romance. I'm okay with it, as long as it's built up properly. It, there needs to be some kind of establishing thing. It, even something as simple as, oh, they were childhood friends, but she's liked him the entire time is better than, oh, they're friends, and now suddenly they like each other a lot. Yeah, it, there was... Uh... There needs to be... Either there needs to be that pre... That 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 information that preceded the series, or there needs to... Or the buildup of the relationship should occur over the course of the series. Yeah, I'm... I remember I read this this point somewhere. I, I think it originated from a comic strip in regards to potential for a piece of media ever having a lesbian relationship in it. But it was a comment on about how shallow female characters in most media is. This is written many years ago, and where it was even worse than it is now. Where I still don't think it's excellent in most media. Um, it was the amount of shows that never have a conversation between two women not in regards to a man. <laughs> well, that's all that girls talk about. <laughs> if if media has taught me anything, is that yeah, girls yeah, talk to each it, other about one of two things. It's either it, it's boys... Astounding. <laughs> they talk about either one of two things to each other. Boys and possible prospects yeah, 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 and the yeah. size of their boobs. That is the only two things that girls are <laughs> allowed it. to discuss with each other. That's the only thing. Yeah, you you <laughs> you hear those my reaction is I hear those those prerequisites and I'm like, that's such an easy prerequisite to think. Because I'm thinking in context of real life, not in media. Mm-hmm. But then I like watch one piece of media and I'm like, Holy shit, it never happened. <laughs> hey, did you, did you see Jimmy walking out of the gym today? 
Jimmy Jim? Yeah. Yeah, there's Jim like two, there's like <laughs> I'm thinking especially in Hollywood movies. There's there's two scenes in the entire movie that is woman to woman with no man in the scene, and both of them are talking about a dude. Oh my god. It's like, oh my what really? happened? I can't believe that. I mean, actually, no, I can believe that, but I just can't. It's inconceivable to me that that is, yeah, you know, it's astounding. A, a, a convention, I suppose. Yeah, and there's... It, it's just something about how consciousness and writers, and I guess skewed writer demographic, mm-hmm. works out. Because there was a... There's another good one that, um... In a group of people, if a third... If at least a third of the people are women, so still majority men, men think it's half and half. Men think it's half and half? Half and half what? Half men, half women in the group. They ah. perceive the group that they're in as half women if a third of the people are women. So they think that women have a greater... Presence? Yeah. Or they just think an equal amount is less? I don't know. It's just oh. something about how counting works, I don't know. I don't know if it works in reverse. I'm down. These are all random points I feel like I've read once in my life that Honest... I have no source for. Honestly, while thinking about all taking this all into account, I'm thinking about our our fighting game. Honestly, if, to mm. to bring it back to something that is supposed to be what we're not talking. Will this about. be the first time on the podcast that we've ever talked about fighting games? Uh, might be. But this is, (laughs) I think it is. We've never talked about it before. Maybe we will in the future as well. But I'm just thinking about this in terms of, like, our fighting game. Of course we have, because that's, like, a thing, is that I wanted it to be, I I mean, I wasn't consciously trying to distill the, or trying to, uh, what's the word, diffuse these tropes, right? I was just trying, I was just like, I'm just going to make the thing. You just play whatever characters are interesting, and you're more interested in more female characters. Well, I wouldn't. Well, that makes me sound like I'm some kind of lech. I mean that in a literal <laughs> sense. I don't mean that in any kind of connotation. Yeah, the way that most other people on the internet are interested in female characters, but that's not me. Um. But yeah, and and the thing is, is that. My beliefs on creating a female character, there. I, I guess we can talk about various character writings. The creation of a strong female protagonist, I feel like in most popular media, there's like a certain line, and it usually has to do with the fact that the character, the female character cannot have any sort of romantic interest at all, because then they become perceived as weak, or something like that. Or there's like something about that where they're if they're supposed to be strong, they can't be bogged down by feelings, mm. or some dumb thing like that. And so with that, I want to create a female protagonist that is what I think is better than that. Because the other thing is that a lot of strong female protagonists tend to always be this thing. They're always silent, they're always stoic, nothing ever phases them, and they're just strong for no reason. And in some cases, they're just uh, Mary Sue's, which is, well, not a big fan of it, because if everything comes easy, then why would, why, why bother? Why, if there's no struggle, if everything is just about being a power fantasy, then why even, why even engross yourself? And so that's where that's where Achilles comes in, and I think yeah. I think I've struck a decent balance. I'd like to hope um, with Achilles, where well, I mean, she's obviously you know just she's she's strong, 
physically. <laughs> if people if people who know about us have seen this character that we're talking yeah. about, uh, she's definitely strong to start. And, you know, the various personality and character beats that I want to hit with her, I, I want to say that I can do... I don't know if I'm doing it better, but I'd like to think that I can do it better. And with it's there's just so many, I want it to be like you know having a character that is more than just a female character that is deeper than I guess what this person. Oh yeah, you want a lot of them. bullet points. Yeah, and then the thing about um how a thing about how um from a man's perspective, if a if the group is a third female, they think of it as fifty percent female. I mean, I don't know. I was when I when I heard that, I kind of thought about the the roster essentially for yeah. this game, and I don't know. I've made it strictly equal, but I was trying to think of. I was definitely thinking about that because you know you want to be able to have a variety of personalities and a variety of different identities. Yes, I guess. And the way, and I, you know, of course, everything's kind of equal down the line. They're they're you know equal amounts for the most part of everything. Um, and then I thought, started thinking about other fighting game rosters, and I guess that is kind of the case, because with the exception of Dead or Alive, which is a completely different topic, most fighting game rosters are a majority male, and honestly to me, I cannot, re- I cannot understand why that is. <laughs> I don't know. The thing, I don't know, maybe it's just my own sort of character conception kind of, uh mindset but for the most part i need like for the most part a lot of male characters that i see aren't that interesting to me (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot harder for it's a lot harder for me to think of a really interesting male design but for some reason it's easy to do a to to think of a female one which is odd i don't know if that speaks to what kind of personality or what kind of mindset or uh (laughs) ulterior motive i have shady guy ryan no i'm not i'm i'm just i don't know why but for i I don't know if it's just easier because oh it's never been done or or simply making someone female makes them more interesting is that a possibility because a character can't because i don't know does being a character female just give them whatever like baseline depth they have even deeper simply because they're female what the heck is happening but i don't want to think that that's the case (laughs) I don't know. There's, there's more to it than that, for sure. Some, um, I mean, part of it for me is, is I find a lot of female characters interesting just because it's a point of view I don't have. It is a different person. There's different I connotations, suppose. and it's interesting to think about. Yeah, but I you know. in in games where I you know digitally represent a different character, I do get a lot of enjoyment out of being someone very different than myself. Yeah, I mean, my Elden Ring character that I am playing as, or have been playing as, but haven't played recently, is a fe- is female. I, mm-hmm. I, but the thing is, is that I'm not fantasizing about, oh, man, what if I was, I'm just thinking, man, she's so cool! Oh, yeah. I'm cool, honestly just cool, thinking. Cool samurai with sword. Yeah, I'm not thinking, oh man, I'm so cool because I'm embodying this character. It's honestly more like, man, I am sitting here and I'm controlling her and she is cool. Yeah. Is cool. honestly what it feels like. It's not like a fantasy thing. I'm just kind of, it, it's weird because obviously, obviously I am playing as her, but I feel like I'm just watching her do cool stuff, 
as opposed to I'm doing the cool stuff through Yeah, that's fairly similar to how I think I feel about this sort of thing. Yeah. And I can't... And I'm wondering why... I'm wondering why a lot of fighting game rosters aren't balanced that way, or aren't, you know, equal in either gender identity, I suppose. I'm not wondering know, why a bunch how of it works. Male. I think of the the roots of it being a street fighter. Maybe it's just easier for this entire male, entirely or very overwhelmingly male development team to imagine a male doing fighting. I mean, the other thing is historically the documented successful fighters throughout history and in different cultures are generally male they are yeah so maybe it's just source material originally from how they see the world of street fighters or whatever that means the world warriors you know mm-hmm. um and then after that it's other fighting games seeing street fighter as the recipe book well then you have dead or alive but Dead or Alive... So, Dead or Alive is, I think, the only fighting game that I... Dead or Alive and Skullgirls yeah, Skull are the Girls. only two fighting games that I know of that have a major... Uh, only two major fighting games. I'm sure there's a lot of Kusoge that have a mostly female roster, if not completely. Yeah. But if we're talking about major, somewhat mainline, Dead or Alive is on that cusp because people can't take it seriously because of the sexualization. But... Yeah. I, those are the two only two games that I can think of that have a majority female roster. And in the case of Skullgirls, it has to do with the plot. Also, it might just be like, hey, cute girls are cute and cute girls are cool, so most of them are going to be yeah. girls. In the case of Dead or Alive, it's because, hey, look at all of these sexy girls, as opposed to, you know, we're trying to go for equal or decent or good representation mm. of female characters. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, pessimistic, the pessimistic side of me wants to say that in a, again... Sounding like a broken record. Mm-hmm. Primarily male dev team. That you can just think of less interesting female characters than interesting male characters. Yeah. But in, in my case, it's this it's the opposite. It's yep. really hard for me to think of a cool male character. I mean, that we, there are three that I have currently that that are okay, and... A lot of the other ones tend to be female. I've tried to keep up. I've tried to keep the ratio equal, though, for the mm. most part, which is honestly difficult. But there are some male designs that I've thought of that have become much more interesting in me, in my eyes. I just haven't drawn them. I don't know what they look yeah. like. I have like a decent idea, but it could be interesting. But it took a lot of time before I came. Yeah, up it with comes less one. naturally to you, I suppose. I guess, and I, it, c- it carries over to other games because I see a lot of the male designs and say Street Fighter. The other thing is that a lot of Street Fighter designs, especially like recent Street Fighter designs, regardless, I haven't been super interested in. What, you're not saying Luke is the coolest character Luke ever made? is the most milk toast character that Street Fighter has ever produced. Also, what he's... What we made a guy who's a boxer? There are... Wow. There are two other guys who are boxers. <laughs> yeah, but, but Luke is... Yeah, blonde hair, I don't know. He's an MMA guy. That's the the other thing is that there are way too many blondies in Street Fighter. It's like the only people they think that come from America are blue eyed wh- blue eyed blonde haired white dudes. That's the stereotype. <laughs> yeah, Ken's got a pass because he dyes his hair and also he's got brown eyes and he's half Japanese. But that's a different story. That's because so that he'll be appealing to a Japanese crowd. But the fact that you already have Guile. And Charlie Nash also fits that description. I'm a fan of Charlie Nash, though. I think he's super cool. 
um, Guile, Charlie Nash, uh, Ed is another character who has blonde hair, blue eyes. Uh, Cammy has Cammy's cool too, though, so I can't really say anything about Cammy. So I don't know. There's just there's so many blonde-haired characters in Street Fighter. I just I don't like it. I don't know yeah. why are they all there. Why is this the only representation that America's allowed to get? Why is it always a white dude? But it's also, just what all of America is, dude. No, it's not. Hundred percent. No, but... white, blue eyes, blonde hair. I mean, <sighs> all three of us live in America. You're right. That, we're that. It's just in. It happened right now. You just got blonde hair and blue eyes? Yep. Oh no, wait. Same with you. Mine is also blonde. <laughs> when did it happen? What the heck? It just turned blonde. Yeah, shit, dude. Now our avatars are not accurate to our, our real world appearances anymore. That's super unfortunate. Oh my god. How'd this happen? I'm just. Is this what happens when you live in America? It, it's just what happens when you live in America. This sucks. I hate this. Just like I hate right. most of those Street Fighter characters. <laughs> well, we'll probably need some time to uh, think about how now we're all real Americans. So I think we're <laughs> out of time as we need to uh, re-examine our identities. But <laughs> you can watch or listen to us every Sunday live at Twitch TV, Shadowpoint Games, starting at 2.30 p.m. PST. If you can't make it, it's recorded. New episodes go up on Monday, 12 p.m. PST, your favorite podcasting platform, YouTube, you know the works. Follow us on Twitter, ShadowpointGS, if you want. Join us next week whenever. All right, break time over.